Welcome back to the Cairo London podcast. Uh, today we meet Amon Momin of Momentum Ski. Now he's a local business in Putney and I literally go past his front door every day on the way to work. Uh, so we met originally over a decade ago through our passion for skiing, but it's kind of another episode where I just wanted to pay it forward to you guys, our listeners, to another pandemic affected business. Um, he obviously was suffering a bit. Can you imagine being a travel agent in the middle of a global pandemic shutdown lockdown crisis? It wasn't easy. He talks us through some of his challenging times. Um, but also, in the, he has this amazing contact list. You know, uh, all you got to do is listen to his new podcast called uh, Off Piste, and you'll see that like Heston Blumenthal and Damon Hill, and there's all sorts of guests on there which are um, he's met through his skiing connections and developed really strong friendships as a result of everyone's passion for having a, a, a joint uh, experience while out in the mountains. Um, but anyway, he, uh, it's really interesting to hear how he also remained positive and diversified his business quite well through COVID. Um, he's also a massive fan of Cairo, loves getting on the Cairo table down there in Putney, just around the corner from his business there in Putney. But he also finishes off with uh, some tips for all of us as to how we can travel smoothly in the new normal. Um, so... Anyway, I hope you enjoy this one. It's a nice chat in Momentum headquarters. I popped in, paid him a visit, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Thanks again, Ground Coffee Society, for supporting us in the podcast. We were having a little cup of Ground Coffee Society as we were recording this episode. Amon Moment, welcome to the Cairo London podcast. Amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Now... Uh, can you set the scene for us? Uh, where exactly are we located right now? Well, we're in Putney as well. So, you know, just following your great footsteps, move my business here after years and years in Fulham. So we're opposite Wandsworth Park by the beautiful Thames. It is a beautiful morning. The sun is beaming down on the autumn leaves. Um, but look, um, I, I've been meaning to, I, I go past your business uh every day pretty much when i go to putney cairo Mm -hmm. uh and we have quite a history but in summary let me try and summarize now for you because as you just said you don't really have any idea what i'm going to talk to you about right now but there's a few things i want to sort of just get into uh with you one is obviously our connection with skiing Mm -hmm. uh because what do you tell us what you do for a day job day job uh momentum ski uh which started in 96 it, the business started as a, um, a tailor-made ski company, so bespoke ski trips, uh, and that evolved into uh, corporate trips as well. Because some of our clients who would travel with us with their families and friends uh, asked whether we could organize uh, also their um, corporate trips where they would take our clients or people who are important to them or their team for a short break. So then um, a big part of our business evolved into um, ski weekends and the ski weekends then evolved into more uh, deeper, more elaborate weekends where we would organize absolutely everything from, you know, not just the flights, transfers and hotels, but also the meals, the rest, you know, the guides, uh, the menus, I'd choose the wines for them. Um, 
and they then became more of experiences, you know. Mm. Um, so um, we fifty percent of what we do is tailor made ski trips. The other forty percent is uh, our events division and uh, and our short breaks, and then. Um, we also branched out to some more experiences in the summer. So we're thinking a little bit outside skiing as well now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's right. pretty much us. So, look, I wanted partly because, you know, um, I know you've, you said you just moved to Putney and you literally did move to Putney one month before the world went mad and yep. the pandemic sort of yep. happened. <laughs> and you as a travel operator, I really wanted to sort of have a discussion with you about how that was for you, you know, because... Mm. Uh, it cannot have been easy. Uh, I have had a few people on through the pandemic that I like to sort of try and pay it forward to try and sort of, uh, you know, we're pretty small fry in this podcast, but it's like, it's an opportunity for me who was uh, fortunate enough to be in a business that could stay open through this whole thing to sort of try and reach out to our mm. listenership uh, to pay it forward to you to sort of try and help you back get back on, you know, introduce people to you yeah. and um, tell you what you do and, and this sort of stuff. But, you know, we've got lots of talk to talk about with regards to skiing and, mm. and we've got a lot of history, yeah. the City Skis Championships, all that sort of stuff. But I also wanted to talk to you about you've got a podcast, mm -hmm. which uh, I listened to your latest episode <laughs> just last night in the middle of the night when I woke up. Um also, you, what you did in lockdown, those lockdown sessions, that was a bit of fun. And yeah. I know you're also a mad keen fan of the Cairo table yourself. Yeah. So you can talk us through uh, okay. how you feel about the, some of the benefits that you get yeah. from that. But look, let's just go right back to where it all started. Uh, I have a great memory of uh, we actually provided, or now what is Cairo London, um, provided some Cairo support for the city ski championships yep. you know uh, i think that really kind of solidified a bit of a relationship between yep. you and i um and it was in i think i was involved in the last one in cormier mm -hmm. which then moved we also were in crime montana you were there yep and then we did pop over to verbier when it moved to verbier yep and tell me, where is it? I assume, is it on next year? It is. It is on, and um, we're back in Crown Montana. Great. And, and Crown Montana, so, the, you know, we were in Cormier for uh, nine years, and we wanted to move uh, to keep the event fresh, but then the financial crash happened in 2008, 2009. So we stayed put, but we did want the, uh, the event to evolve uh, and develop, and Crown was a crucial year for us because... Uh, our move to Switzerland also coincided with the Financial Times coming on board as our media partners. So we introduced um, the kind of I, I wanted to make it into more of a festival of skiing, celebrating everything skiing, but also so it wasn't just about racing, which was what City Ski Champs was, but also to um, get people to come and enjoy an amazing ski weekend, do as much or as little as they want. Uh, but we also introduced the Financial Times Alpine Forum, which mm -hmm. was um, our mini Davos. Yeah. A little bit racier and a little bit more informal. Yeah. Um, and also we brought music and entertainment. We brought comedians, if you remember. Um, so it just became, you know, more of an all-round weekend for, for people. Um, and the event just grew suddenly. It went from, you know, 150 people to almost 300 people. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure my wife Gail would. She, her, one of her fond memories is that uh, when you got the feeling to come back out <laughs> to yeah. play, uh, and I'm pretty sure that was Cormier. 
That, no, that was uh, Cron Montana. That was Cron Montana. That's Eredis at the Aperiski Bar. And who used to be, was it Superfly or was that was yeah, the band think, yeah. that they were in um, Maribel, Maribel yeah. in three seasons? But, you know, so that was quite a, a coup. But uh, you are always, I've always known you as someone who has quite the list of people at your fingertips that you can just call up for a favour or, <laughs> uh, you know, you just have to look at the number of the, the guests on your podcast and sort of you started off with, was it Damon Hill was the it first was Heston one? Heston Blumenthal. Heston. Yeah. Yep. Now yep. you have a collection of chefs. You've got a collection of like celebrities and yep. proper uh, that you that would count you as a as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So how did how does that come about for you? Is that is that partly through work or um, partly through work through friendships? You know, um, you know, we're the we all have one thing in common, like you and a skiing, and and the way. You know, people, uh, I think people go to the mountains to relax, to unwind. And, you know, a lot of these uh, celebrities uh, spent a big chunk of their lives, whether it was on a racetrack or in the kitchen. Um, but they find skiing as a way of relaxing. You know, I don't think they're the types who would go to the beach and lie down all day. Uh, you know, they want to do something. And, yeah. um, and, I think I was just lucky enough to introduce them to my world yeah. of mountains and, you know, share with them, you know, filter through my knowledge and my experience because, you know, I've worked since mid eighties in the mountains and I got to know pretty much most people who make those uh, destinations tick, you know, from restaurants and ski areas and hotels and everything. So, you know, I've just had some incredible experiences with these guys and, enjoyed introducing them to to you know my life out there and 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 we've just become good friends you know we you know we're all you know we're all humans we're all the same but we have the same passion which is the mountains and skiing and i think that's what's brought us all closer including you know meeting you and mm. um so um but yeah some are through just uh you know friends or some are met in the alps um and uh yeah yeah i guess you're right because you've you've kind of skiing you're not you're not just organizing a ski holiday which to some is a little bit dull i guess um or someone like damon maybe but you probably also introduce them to ski racing as well as just ski going on a ski holiday and then that really fired up their you know their competitive spirit whether they be a chef i guess they're pretty competitive i guess aren't they um yeah, you know the ski racing was um i used to organize the european mogul challenge before i set up momentum so that was a professional uh mogul race which was quite popular in the 80s yeah. you know a parallel uh bumps competition and there were four of them uh on the circuit in europe and uh we i used to organize the kumai twister and there were no bumps or any you know kumai is all perfect corduroy and you know set up for the milanese but we created the most amazing we just skied up and down the slope all day for a whole week and eventually <laughs> the bumps formed um but these professional skiers you know who go to the olympics as well they t- they'll turn up would have the race and they'll pick up the check and go but what i did was we just kept the slopes open and the whole infrastructure for everyone else who was on holiday that week to have a go so we had matt chilton who was at the time with eurosport Okay. You know, he was the commentator. 
um, and we'd open up the slot, that race to other clients, uh, you know, from all the other tour operators that week. And they just loved the whole atmosphere, you know, the, the music, the, the festival, the, the commentary, um, and the adrenaline of going down a professional course. Of course, that was probably the worst thing you can introduce to someone in terms of an experience because, you know, they were just all falling, falling and falling and falling down this <laughs> massive mogul run. But that's, what's, that's what gave me the idea of, uh, you know, int- introducing an experience. Uh, it's like asking you to drive your car after the Monaco race, the F1 race, mm. drive your golf around the track mm. straight off. Then you feel the corners, you feel you know, the, all the, uh, the audience and yeah. the spectators and the buzz. Um, and so giant slalom was the easiest, the nicest format. Yeah. And to ask people to have a go at a ski race at their own pace and just as the expression on their faces before they started it, but once they completed it, uh, you know, for me, that was just, um, incredible. It was really, it's what motivated me to then, you know, bring people together once a year around a race mm. where they could just... But know. there was also that, I think it's, the, it's traditional for the day before you do that Jules uh, slalom thing too. Yeah. You? Um, so then that's a bit of a, a, team, team event, a team event, um, yeah. a bit more of relaxed, a bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of have a bit of a party that night, wake up the next day and then you're on race mode, you yeah. know, and some guys turn up in the full cat suits. That that um, evolved as well. We didn't have cat suits the first few years <laughs> and they started creeping in, yeah. Yeah. And then it's kind of like you've got to look the part, even if you're not skiing the part, yeah. right? So. But, you know, we were doing it without helmets back then. Yeah. But, you know, we everyone had two goes. So if you did four, okay. you could have another go and then get your confidence. But, yeah, yeah it's, it is, it's more about just enjoying the thrill of having a go at a, a World Cup race, but at your own pace mm-hmm. and challenging your friends. Yeah. Now, you know, we really enjoyed it. I remember those few years we did set up a table at the bottom of the slope. Yeah, literally had, I was on that table many times. It's, it's funny. It's, it's actually the one thing I quite often talk about when I say that um, if you remove geography and finance from the experience of going to the chiropractor, there'll be a queue out the door every time. Right, and that's exactly what we experienced uh, in your paddock, in the race paddock, basically. Yeah. A couple of chiro tables, a couple of chiropractors. All there's a queue. I was in the queue. I was in the queue. Despite being the organizer, I had to queue up. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like everyone loves that, like getting on the table. But yeah. it's a, you know, there's always uh, reasons as to why we maybe don't do it as often as yeah. we should, or look after our our own spine. But if you do remove price and if you do remove the hassle of actually getting to yeah. the location um yeah there'll always be a key. are you gonna look at my neck after this i think podcast? we should do a, a live a adjustment yeah can we do a live podcast? adjustment here <laughs> yeah i'm not going to talk anymore <laughs> you know um you, you probably wouldn't be in that world but it's become a big thing now is the the what do they call them the the, the crack videos you know, where YouTube is full of chiropractors putting microphones on or ah, close to spines, right? Yes. Uh, and then literally doing like a big adjustment and okay. then everyone can hear it and then everyone <laughs> reacts. And it's like there are these guys who are like Instagram and TikTok sensations because they're just doing the crack. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, we're not going to go down that no, route. No, let's not really. record that bit. No. Um, but look. Talk to me about, you know, the last 18 months, you know, you, you, you literally, it was mid March. Yep. Let's go. I'm sorry to have to drag this yeah. up again. I'm trying to forget about it. Yeah. 
Thanks. <laughs> I remember, like, I'm trying, I, to, I, I'm trying, I came, trying, trying to erase. I, I think you moved in here in twenty end of twenty nineteen. Yeah, we moved here uh, the October. October. So, so I remember calling in not long after you. Four months um, before. Yeah, and so you moved in these beautiful new offices um, down by Wandsworth Park here in in the Thames uh, mm. in London. And I called in just after you'd set up. It must have been January or December that year. You were telling me which Garmin to buy for my bike. I was, yes. Uh, and then a couple of months later, all the holidays had to be cancelled yeah. and, uh, and, yeah. and uh, the madness really set in. But then you also lost that whole next season as yeah. well, didn't you? Yeah. So what was that like? Like, Yeah, it was... Talk um, me through it. Do you know, it happened in March and I was thinking, God, you know thank God it's March rather than January. You always sort of thought, mm. can you imagine what it was like if this happened, you know, two months before and all the passengers and all the bookings and, um, and it happened two days before gourmet ski experience. So I do, I do this other weekend where I bring out, you know, UK's best chefs and they come up on a mountain and they, they're cooking mountain refuges. And, uh, it's, it's, um, you know, one of our flagship events, um, for the foodies. Uh, anyway, and Tom on the phone Sunday morning, he said, we're still doing it. I said, look, you know, everything is open. If you want to do it, we'll go. And all the clients were still up for it. It wasn't, you know, as if we were trying to persuade people, despite what was going on around the news, mm. you know, you know, we were bringing out the rock stars of food mm. to do some amazing food up on the mountain. And we contacted the clients and they all say, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you guys are going, we're going. That afternoon, I heard Cormier giving everyone 24 hours to leave. And Italy was the first place when it went into, you know, the ski resorts went into lockdown. Yeah. And I was getting calls from Chamonix, from Switzerland, saying, oh, send them over here. We're open. We're not going to close, you know. Uh, oh, that's typical Italy, you know, overreacting and... And uh, anyway, we managed to, you know, obviously we cancelled Gourmet Ski, which was a huge shame. Uh, and we redirected most people to France. So, you know, Morzine, Chamonix, you know, you know, Verbier, whatever we could. And then things started closing and closing and closing around us. Um, and God, I think it must have been a week or 10 days later where we had huge departures on a, on a Saturday or I can't remember. And I remember France and I thought, they're not going to announce a shutdown on the biggest day of the week, which is a Saturday, which is a transfer day. Mm. You know, thousands of people are traveling to resorts. And they announced it later that day when people already left. So they all arrived. People were already on airplanes. And anyway, so we had, uh, you know, um, a tough time trying to then see what we could do for those who, uh, who were traveling and, you know, the refunds and, you know, going back to all the supplies. And there were months of just trying to tidy up the mess of March. And then, you know, looking at it positively, I just thought, okay, you know, this is, you know, we all thought the following winter is going to happen. But, you know, when am I going to ever find quality time with my family like this? You know, mm. we're all at home and, mm. you know, kids grow up before you know it. And so... You know, I just was trying to stay positive and say, look, you know, let's um, let's just enjoy this. And, you know, we're never going to be together like this. Mm. And, you know, working from home was a bit of a novelty. But actually, in a funny kind of way, I thought, OK, think, you know, it can work if we need to. 
Uh, and um, it also made me think outside the box that we should go beyond skiing. Yeah. We should consider doing things which kind of de-risks travel and, you know, perhaps do some of our events and experiences in the UK as well. Mm. So it gave me time to think about those, which we're now doing, by the way. Okay. Um, and then just try and, you know, wait and see. Summer kind of happened in a way, in a strange way. You know, we went to France uh, and then they started shutting down, you know, to, you know, the, all the, the red list countries or whatever they were calling at the time. And, and I think that just shattered the confidence of, mm. of anyone who mm. would book ahead for the following winter. Yeah. But we just thought, no, it might, it might, you know, we're not getting any um, thing negative from the ski resorts. And then in November, I think, they just said they're not going to open, with the exception of Switzerland. Yeah. And that was just unbelievable. You know, um, I think Paris and Rome, central governments probably thought, Skiing is a bit of a luxury lifestyle and, you know, people could do without it for one year because also they thought this is what has been spreading COVID. Yeah. Uh, and um, um, anyway, so, you know, they want to think about the livelihood of the locals, you know, the hoteliers, the restaurateurs, the ski instructors. Yeah. Um, you know, they just saw it as a kind of an expensive luxury that people could just do without and ordered the resorts to shut down, which... You know, after, I mean, I've been in the Alps every year for all my life almost. It was just, you know, it was incredible. Yeah. So not to have an entire yeah. year. Yeah, and that basically was, you know, you know, luckily we're a very strong business. Pre-pandemic, we were, you know, we've been going since 96. Yeah. So we had good cash flow. Yeah. We moved into this office that we never used, Yeah. which was, you know, a serious concern with the, uh, you know, mortgage and all our, you know, uh, commitments here. Um, luckily, I managed to turn half of it into a coffee shop. Yeah. Um, because we had the space, and the space was there for, for the future. So as momentum grew step by step, we wouldn't have to move again. Um, and so we had enough space. But luckily, coffee was one thing that's you know, in a way, helped us reduce our overheads a bit. And it's a great, you know, it's working very well. Well, so... Uh, I was going to go down there anyway, but let's just go back to let's talk about that coffee shop. But the um, yeah, back in so Switzerland did open through the winter. But, Hotel stayed open, but pretty much no one could get in there because they were no. doing the sort of ten day or two yeah. week quarantine thing. So yeah. no one, in their right mind, was going to do a two week quarantine no. from yeah. the UK. So basically, no one went. Right? Well, Italians went, the French went. Yeah. Um, so people, if you were within Europe, mm. you ha- your Schengen rights allowed you entry. Yeah. So they were skiing and they were busy. Yeah, yeah. Burby was busy. Yeah. You know, weekends in particular, people from Geneva and Zurich were driving, you know. Mm. So they, um, you know, they, they survived and did, they did okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone in the other, like in the French and the Italian resorts just had to press reset. And, no, uh, that was just yeah. uh, closed. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was incredible. I mean, I, I wasn't there, but just... Yeah, that must have had an it must have a knock on effect to those that are that like you, you know if if you weren't a robust business you'd probably just fold right yeah um, yeah and there's probably a fair bit of that going on in the French yeah and, and I think and, and I think uh, unfortunately that's seen the end of many colleagues yeah in in this business who um, had to close down um, so. So talk to me about your diversification, where you had half your office turned into a coffee shop. Did you just sublet that, or is it part of your it's business? A, it's, a, it's kind of a partnership. So, you yeah. know, it's a profit share. 
Okay. So instead of uh, being being a, a greedy landlord or mm. charging a huge rent, yeah. we've got these amazing guys who uh, also run the Fulham Palace. They run the glass house in Fulham Palace. Okay. Yeah. They also operate within John Lewis. They've got the coffee shops there, so they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we we've just done a, a profit share because um, I want to I want to make sure they thrive and they yeah. do well. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing, and you know, as I said, the you know by being at home um, and missing everyone, I decided to you know something I've always done in the Alps in our events. I've paid a lot of attention to music. You know, I I. I I try and create the ambiance in all the events that we do, you know, rather than just put something on and not listen to it. So once a week, I started doing my lockdown sessions on social media and uh, seven o'clock aperitivo sessions every Friday and about 150 people would tune in. I was one of them on a few occasions. We'd have a drink. Because I remember you you started off um, fairly, basically, you probably just had your phone out and recorded it on your phone or something, didn't you? Like the very early ones. And I was recording it for my phone. That's right. Yeah. And then, I, but I remember as as because I wasn't there every week. <laughs> but as I as I went through the whole pandemic, there was like all of a sudden he's got a proper yeah. like mixing desk yeah. and video, different cameras, yeah. different angles. And I was streaming direct, streaming so, direct to make sure yeah. you had the best sound. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if you if you connected to your smart speakers, you would get the sound of a radio rather than a mic in front of a speaker. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, that was, you know, that kept me sane. And also it really helped me connect with um, a lot of friends and clients mm-hmm. when we all get together once a week. And it was quite international. It wasn't just the UK based people. Yeah. And I think that's what made me, um, uh, you know, think about how to connect and how to keep our, keep our brand alive which is why we started doing the podcasts mm. and, you know, the podcasts were recording them during uh, lockdown and pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, cause I knew also a lot of the celebrities would have time on their hands. Yeah. Uh, so they were available. Mm. You know, I could just say, look, can you spare an hour yeah. um, to um, talk to me about, you know, and the off piece podcast is, uh, so the main thread is skiing again, because mm. that's our passion. But also what I wanted to provide to the listeners was a little bit of a backstage into their lives. So dig deep. And also, again, my passion being music, it was kind of my own version, my own desert island discs where I would ask them to choose songs that had meant something to them or would trigger a memory. Yeah. You know, and so then there will always be music, which is what I want Mm. and I've always wanted, but also learn about uh, a little bit more about them that you would not know nobody would know mm. and at the same time talk skiing so your favorite ski resource where you've been where you know when did mm. you first start skiing which would then link with all of us who have the same passion yeah um, it's a great idea and it's a great listen too because it's and, and you uh, I, I don't know many people or any other podcasts that actually do that thing where it's only on spotify because then you can use the spotify yeah like so the you can music use, files yeah. so you can actually listen spotify. to the whole playlist yeah um, yeah, so uh, yeah, unlike, without having any rights issues as well. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. Then Spotify probably encouraged that sort of a thing to sort of go. Well, yeah. we'll get more yeah. plays of some. But of it's songs but it's great that. because you know I've always wanted to know, you know, what do these people listen to in their downtime? It's like chefs. You know, where mm. do you eat out? If you want, you want to know on your day off where do you go mm. and eat out? You know, what's your comfort food? Yeah. You know, you want to know what these great chefs like cooking at home. And it's the same thing. I love to know what they listen to in the car. 
Yeah. You know, what would they put on? And, you know, you listen to Heston and, you know, he's a bit of a funkster. Um, you, you got Damon who loves his rock. I mean, his music was amazing. You know, it was my music. Mm. Um, and then you listen to Tom and it's more kind of a, you know, you just can't guess what's, what, you know, what they're like. And it's interesting. But also they tell us about, you know, oh, that was for my weddings, our first song. And, you know, who's going to ever know that? But, uh, I mean, I... I guess when I was thought when I was going to have this conversation with you, I thought it was going to be a little bit more depressing in terms of the the discussion around closing your business for 18 months. But it sounds like it's been almost, I mean, it's never a positive it's pushed thing, me. but it's, it's certainly, it's pushed you into diversifying yeah. things enough to then sort of step back and think, okay, well, how can I enjoy spending time with my family? How can I diversify my business a little bit? What mm. strengths have I got? What can I sort of tap into? How can I keep those relationships alive to then come out the other side of this and not have to sort of then reinvent the wheel again? And, you know, it, it, it forced me into, you know, when I was thinking about, okay, last summer, you know, we, we lifted all the restrictions here, but there was still a bit of concern with travel. You know, there was a back of people's minds about paperwork and what if, what if, what if. So... I used to run the city tennis championships mm-hmm. in, in, in the Algarve. Okay. Uh, so I uh, organized it this year at the Hurling Club. Okay. Um, and it sold out. Wow. Um, I've done, um, we've done a few launches for Ford with the, you know, the Mac, the, the Mac one. Yeah. So Ford are our winter clients who yeah. used to look after the Geneva Motor Show. Okay. But now we're doing all their media launches in the UK for them. But that resulted in also talking to Damon and say, why don't we do a grand tour to Provence? In the summer, yeah, you know, so where we go through Burgundy, Provence, go where Heston is and where he got inspired as a chef, but also do a track day with Damon and his son, Josh, who's a professional um, uh, performance drive coach. So people can also have an incredible experience with you on a track and learn to become better drivers, accompanied by amazing food and wine, which is what we're good at anyway. Um, So we now running that next June to Provence. But, you know, all of these things happen during a period where you have time to think. Mm. Otherwise, we're all, you know, you know, buried in our desks and our, doing our day-to-day job. And it was great because, you know, yeah. we've been operating since 96 successfully. But, yeah. you know, it's now forced us into th- thinking non-skiing and what else we could do in our downtime. Um, but, yes, I still rather forget about it. You know, I somehow <laughs> buried my head in the sand with music and... Uh, <laughs> Mate, well done. I mean, it's like, uh, and well, look, so we should then, how, how do people find you again? So it's Momentum Ski. Momentum Ski is our, it's our master brand, yep. but it's Momentum Events and Momentum Experiences. Okay. So like the Gourmet Ski Experience with all our top chefs, we have Marcus Waring, Sat Baines, Claire Smith, who's got her third Michelin star, uh, Heston, Tom Carriage, all these guys come and do a three-day weekend mm. in the and, Alps. And either in the Alps and maybe a bit more locally, some events. Yeah, so we, we're now going to do also tennis, you know, yeah. a friendly tennis event, and we're going to do, a, uh, you know, uh, a grand tour in the UK as well. And so um, what date is the City Ski Championship next year then? 3rd to the 6th of February in Crum, Montana. Very I hope good. to see you there. Well, I think I should reignite that. You should flame. bring your Absolutely. bring your bring your bed. What's it, no, what do you call it? Not the bed. Table. Table. Oh, sorry, table. bring your yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and that's great. You know, I'm looking for. You know, we we chose also Switzerland because a year ago we thought it's it's one place is not going to shut down. Yeah, I guess that so you was, moved it back into yeah, Switzerland. And... Yeah, but also it was time to move as well. 
Amazing. Well, thanks for sharing some of that stuff there with you, but the, you, uh, with us, but the, you know, and uh, I, as I said, I did listen like last, your most recent podcast had Molly King on it, yeah. you know, um, yeah. oh, that's because you've partnered up with uh, Chemi Alcott, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So it's a double act. Yeah. Double act. But um, then she's probably got a list of friends that Pro, the Molly was actually a Shemi's friend, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't have no idea until I listened to yeah. it that they were like school yeah. when sort of went to the same school. Or they went to the same school, yeah. yeah. But also I think, you know, um, it, with my music it's more The Who, Led Zeppelin and more 70s stuff, whereas at least with Molly it was a little bit, you know, <laughs> the playlist has improved a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, The appeal is going to yeah, be broader. Much right? broader, yeah, um, yeah. You don't want to stick with me too much. Anyway, so look, um, not a, well, was it, uh, when did you first get on the Cairo table? Were you a client oh, before gosh. the City Ski? Is that no, how? No, I, I was a, or, or were you was like a, a okay. were you one of those guinea pigs that just jumped on the table and skid, City no, Ski? No, like, uh, I was, it was pre-City Ski because then I persuaded you to come to City Ski. But basically I was helping my father, uh, my, uh, my older father out of bed. Uh, and and this thing went in my back. I don't know what it was, but right. I just could not move. Yeah. For uh, I had to sleep on the floor. I could not even get myself onto bed. And I took some tramadol to be able to forget the pain and got myself to a GP who then referred me to physio. Uh, physio didn't work. Uh, then I went to an osteopath, and that didn't work. And um, I met... Um, Comrade Bartelski, who had been cool. to City Ski yeah. a number of times. And Comrade said, go and see Craig, the chiropractor. Oh, what is that? He said, go and see them. And uh, and there was one more other person who recommended you, who was another ex-ski. Would it be Graham Bell? or Yeah, Graham was on the table. Yeah, Graham on the table. Yeah. So they both said, yep. So I came to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a personal introduction from them. And you said, we can fix it. Um, and after, you know, I, I was so bad that traveling, I could not pick up the luggage from the carousel, which looked awful because, you know, my wife was picking up the bags and it didn't look good in front of, uh, you know, another 200 passengers <laughs> as I stood there and she was picking up all the bags, putting them onto the trolley and then loading them onto the car. I could not lift anything. Mm. And anyway, so I, I met you, I, um, came for a few sessions and I, w- I could move and my back got better. Mm. Uh, so that's how it started yeah so um, it was amazing and I now tell everyone you know you know whoever's got back problems I say try try you guys because it's mm. it was really a revolution you know compared to I did acupuncture absolutely everything that you know everyone recommended except chiropractic mm. um, and then I got to know you and I then pushed you into coming to the Alps. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've forgotten that Conrad was the reason as to why you yeah. you first walked through the door. Yeah, um, and also, um, and then we did a gig together, do you remember, at, uh, at Profeet? Yes. Or was this the comedy thing? Yeah, we did a comedy... Um, with Rufus you know, was, Hound. Yeah, I with think. Rufus Hound. And yeah. we did that to promote our event in Crown Montana because we brought mm. comedy. And as I said, I... I really wanted to kind of make it more into a festival, a bit like Goodwood. Yeah. You know, make it a little bit more generic rather than ski racing, which was putting people off. Yeah. And um, and you were one of the partners on that event. Yeah. No, it was great. I remember it was just converted profit into a yeah. comedy club. Yeah, everyone um, sat on boxes and yeah. whatever we could find. <laughs> it was yeah. Fair. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, that's where like my my interest of skiing was always a personal one. Um, and then I always talk about the story where I met then uh, Hamish, who was the founder of, of course, uh, Profit, and, as well, yeah. uh, and then Warren Smith, who was yep. the coach, you know, so then I sort of had the, the equipment sorted out, the coaching side of things sorted out. And then I was providing the sort of biomechanics or the sort of the body alignment, sort of the mobility side of things. Uh, and obviously the missing piece of the puzzle was then someone to arrange how to actually get out to the Alps. Uh, and I guess you're that fourth part of the, of the relationship there. The fun side. Um, yeah. Um, so that's how I always sort of had chiropractic linked into it was that sort of third part of that, yeah. that triangle of yeah. like, get your equipment right, get your, uh, get your coaching or sort of someone to show you how to do it properly right um and that's how sort of i guess over the years warren's been involved in sort of trying to teach people how to do things properly you've had even the local guys get involved in the coaching side of things too and that's probably what damon loves about it right where he'll he'll someone will teach him how to well damon um, is easier because you know i think all the athletes they just when he explains something to them they understand it mm. you know explain to damon a golf swing yeah he's got it and you know they or colin jackson you know Mm. All those people, I think the way I've seen them improve their skiing, yeah. you know, the rate they've improved is incredible because they, they just get it. Yeah. You know, um, I actually went to Warren's talk last week, one of his, his talks. Oh, yeah. And it was brilliant because essentially, you know, what he was saying is what they can't teach you on the slopes. Mm. And, you know, uh, the stretching and, you know, a few, few exercises that help you. Yeah. Um, you're, you're the shape of your body for, for, to ski better mm. and to prevent injuries. Yeah. Um, and it was fascinating. It was really good. Because I think Warren will, well, he'll claim that, that I helped him sort of develop these ideas because yeah. he's always someone who wants to sort of think outside the box and not just teach you how to yeah. bend your knees and do whatever. Ankles, you know, everything. Yeah. yeah. And so then he, as he, because he is a, a chiro addict himself, yeah. and so to actually to have him then uh, almost develop his coaching style around body physiology yeah, it's um, great. is great, isn't it? You know, hip but I knew all those exercises didn't come from him. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. definitely coming from Putney somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's just that, you know, that rotation of the hip or, you know, exactly. how, or how much you can flex your ankles. Or, or how or, much, you know, the way he was t- getting me to test my rotation and yeah. I had a, 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 you know, more flexibility on one side, exactly when mm. I sit on your table yeah, yeah. and when you look at my neck or my back. It's the same. One side works better than the other. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it all kind of clicked in my head. And it's, it's, it's really, really important. I think it's, it was great anyway. So uh, something um, I don't know if you know about as well is that, you know, how we, because uh, you're obviously a regular at Putney Cairo, and then in these last five years we've expanded out to those five clinics now, mm. and we've got uh, them in central London. Because that was one of the things, even with City Ski, back when we were doing City Ski, it was before we expanded. You were, just, always you were that, just Putney, weren't you? Just Putney. Yeah. And so there was always that slight issue of like, well, are we work in the city, we'd love to come and see you in the city, you know. And so we've now finally got a city location in Marlebone. Ah. Um, and it's not, you know, actually, thankfully, it's in Marlebone and not in Bank, because I think if uh, we had a practice in Bank, it would have died probably. Like, well, it's, back, it's busy here. I've been, yeah. I've been in town. Yeah. And, well, I'm, and I'm sure I've, you get incredible deals now. I've, I've got a friend on, 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 on rentals. Space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might take a sort of a, a small square in the Gherkin building. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But, but no, I mean, there was always hard to sort of say, okay, well, uh, you know, the, the thing about the chiropractor is you need to be in the building, you know, you can't do it online, you can't do it remotely. That was one of our challenge when early lockdown happened. It was like, well, we can't necessarily give people that much benefit yeah. by picking up the phone. And, I guess and, you, even, you weren't allowed to touch anyone, were you? Yeah, and so that's sort of early on it then became a thing, well, then, okay, you have to wear PPE to provide this yeah. sort of thing. So it's... Um, that sort of evolved through that and allowed us to stay open, thankfully. But um, anyway, but no, I was saying um, uh, our Fulham practice, though, we moved uh, two months ago um, to the other side of Fulham, but we kept the Wandsworth Bridge Road small little boutique clinic open as a massage and sports rehab place. Uh-huh. And I know you're a fan of a good massage, so uh, I think I'm going to make you an appointment over okay. there okay. once we finish up this conversation. Yeah. After, <laughs> after looking at my neck. <laughs> yeah. um, but look, let's go back to, though, and let's give us a little bit more insight into some... Because I booked my first ski flight last night. Well done. Um, and it's in, it's funnily enough, a chiropractic conference. It's in Chamonix, and I just, like, it was finally... Why am I not organising this? Well, it, it's nothing to do with me, either, you know. Well, I'm you just need a, to find out I'm who it is. It needs to be us next year, please. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, nothing to do with me. But um, but I've obviously then tacked it on a few extra days here and there. But, um, but it was just really nice to press go on oh. a ski flight again, right? Um, now... Give us some words of encouragement for this season coming up, right? Because what are there going to be any complications with that whole travel? Or is everything going to be... No, normal? look, at the moment, um, it's a little bit like going to the USA. You know, when we used to go to USA, yeah. it's form-filling. Yeah. You know, like all the old ESTAs and visa applications. It's just because it's a bit of paperwork. But, you know, I, I went to Europe and I did all the form-filling. And once you do it... You just... Are you talking Brexit or are you talking COVID? COVID, uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, no Brexit. It's, you know, a tourist. You, it's fine. Look, unless you want to work, there's a little bit, a little bit more complicated with work permits and visas. I mean, that's, that's a separate issue. Mm. But no, in terms of traveling, it's, um, you just, you know, we, we, we know what each country is requiring and we keep an eye on it. But mm. ultimately, it's a little bit of form filling. Yeah. But, you know, we've, we've, you know, my colleagues and, you know, people have flown and it's absolutely fine, mm. you know, arrive as long as you've got your paperwork in order. Yeah. Whether they require tests, they don't require tests, you've got to fill in the locator form. Yeah. You just do those and then it's fine, you know, yeah. arrive and it's absolutely, you know, some places you might have to wear a mask mm. as you walk in and you can take it off. Uh, and, you know, in a, in the big cable cars you might have to wear, they might be running at 80% capacity. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's fine. I mean, we are the last... You know, to close our conversation about the last 18 months, um, the reason I'm in a good mood now is because the last three or four weeks, uh, we've been inundated with bookings, mm. bookings and people actually committing and paying. Yeah. Previously, we had a lot of inquiries and, you know, it would get busy and then it would not get busy because some government somewhere would announce something which kind of would crush the consumer confidence. Mm. But now... Uh, you know, people have, we've had September behind us and October mm. and you know, there's no signs of anyone going, okay, you know, we're going to be locking down or putting on restrictions. Uh, and uh, as long as you're vaccinated, mm. then then it's fine. Yeah. You know, so um, go for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, most, most, you know, look, some of the suppliers are quite flexible as well. You know, we're, people have concerns. 
say, well, what if, what if, what if, you know, we, we try and negotiate the most flexible terms with our hoteliers, you know, just in case that country suddenly says, oh, uh, you know, we're imposing quarantine on arrival, but it's, it's, you know, it's looking very less likely that that's going to happen. Mm. So, as I said, the pattern and, and the anxiety is gone now. No yeah. one's worried about COVID anymore. Yeah. Whereas we had that last year. And is the sort of deal you've cut with these hoteliers is that if the worst case scenario does happen, you can just roll it on to next year? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, airlines look at the same thing. They're, the airlines are not going to refund you. Yeah. But, you know, you've got a flight. You know, you can move it, change it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's offering more flexibility now. I mean, you know, BA, all those guys never, ever used to yeah. offer flexibility. So they know they have to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, I'm going pre-Christmas. You know, mm. we're going for our usual uh, week before Christmas scheme with a family, and uh, mm. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to get out in that crisp snow. And yeah, because we've all been, um, well, we haven't been there for like two yeah. years. But, we? I mean, you know, I was in France in the summer, and just get going abroad. And I think a few people experienced that going to Spain, Greece, or, you know, whatever. And just going abroad and, you know, look at menus and... Uh, you know, it, it's you just energize. You really come back, and um, and I know skiers are not going to give up that passion. They yeah. will go. Yeah, it's probably going to be quite a busy winter, isn't it? It because, is. Honestly, um, actually, we're having we're now struggling getting uh, availability mm. because people haven't been for for two years almost. Yeah. So it's and they're probably really prepared to look. Like I've said this before as well. Like. Uh, doesn't really matter what it costs because we haven't spent anything on two years. Yeah, yeah and also people are, right you know, now. no one really cares about apres ski or all those things. I think people just want to go mm. and have quality time on the mountains, ski and have, have beautiful food and, you know, mm. and just have a great, great break on the mountains. All right. Well, if you're passing um, Putney Bridge Road, they can pop in and see you uh, next. Have a nice cup of coffee. I'll buy you a cappuccino. Anyone who comes in here or, well, only in the mornings, yeah? I won't be doing cappuccinos in the afternoon. Okay, of course. Espressos. Uh, And, yeah, organise your holiday to uh, Italy or wherever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Eamon, thank you for taking the time, mate. Well, thank you for Good luck me. with... Uh, so Momentum Ski is the business name. Your podcast is called what? Off Piste. Off Piste on Spotify. Yep. And people... Next time you're driving, you've got a spare hour. <laughs> and plug into yeah. some chat and yeah. some music. It yeah. sounds great. Absolutely. Um, thank All you. Right. Thanks, mate. Thank you.